My handle is Jonathan Blade. Welcome to my podcast. So, in the last cast, I talked about a number of things, but the biggest topic, or the most important thing I talked about, I guess, was was getting a new phone. I wanted a new phone. I wanted something in the mid-range, which is not something that is usually supported by the market here in the States. But I was torn between two devices. I wanted either the OnePlus 6T. OnePlus is a Chinese company that just started selling here in the States. Or I wanted the Pixel 3a XL. Pixel has two lines, two major lines of phones, the Pixel line and the Pixel A line, which is new. And I wanted the Pixel 3a XL. So some time has passed and um, I have a new car. I got a new car, uh, but I'm not a car guy, so we won't talk about that maybe later. But I chose the Pixel 3a XL. Now the OnePlus 6T is a fantastic device and probably the best value on the market. But after doing some research and thinking about what I actually wanted, I ended up getting the Pixel 3a XL and I've had it for about three weeks. Uh, I'm tremendously happy. Uh, it is a fantastic device, so I'd like to talk about it a bit today. Uh, so my process of getting new phone usually starts in the same places for this device. I got the phone and then I ordered three things immediately. A tempered glass screen protector. I always put a tempered glass screen protector on my devices. Uh, never get the ones that are in the, the carrier store. Never get anything from the carrier store. They're like a movie theater. Uh, where the movie theater makes its money off the food, the carrier store makes its money off the extras. Don't buy a $50 case from the carrier store. The tempered glass screen protectors for most of the phones in the carrier store were like 50 bucks, where they're like three for five off of Amazon. No, no thank you. So that's my tip from me to you. But got a tempered glass screen protector. I got a decal cover for the back, which is not something that this phone actually needs. I'm sure if you've heard of them before. If you if you follow tech at all, you've heard of dbrand. dbrand makes vinyl skins that kind of wrap around the phone and cover the entire phone except for the screen. They're perfectly cut, and they make it basically look like the phone is made out of whatever the, the vinyl skin is, carbon fiber, whatever pretty pattern that you would like to order. But I don't use dbrand because dbrand usually doesn't make skins for the phones that I get. dbrand makes skins for high volume phones. They make skins for Apple phones and Samsung phones and probably some of the Chinese manufacturers because they have such gigantic runs of product. But for something like uh, LG phones, which my past three phones have been LG phones, or something like the Pixel devices, which do okay, but don't have huge runs. You have to go to a third-party vinyl skin manufacturer. There are a few. There are a few that compete directly with dbrand. I think Slick Wraps is probably the big one, but I don't use them either. I use Decalris. Decalris doesn't really make vinyl skins. They might make vinyl decals, so their skins are a back cover, which if you have a flat back or a back that's one plate, uh, that works really well. And then two skins for the top and bottom of the front of the phone, if your phone has that. So I got a Decalra skin for this device. It's cut perfectly, so it fits perfectly on the back. Uh, this phone doesn't really have a back plate. The body of the phone is one piece. 
So even though it's cut perfectly, you can still feel the edge, which is not ideal, but it looks nice. So I slapped a decal skin on that. Of course, I didn't use the front and bottom, the front top and bottom skins because I have that tempered glass screen protector. But yeah, it makes the phone look nice. And the third thing, of course, is a case. Now, I don't need crush resistance, so I don't get an OtterBox. Uh, if you work on a construction site, then by all means, buy yourself a uh, beautiful and uh, crush resistant OtterBox case, but I just need a TPU case. TPU is a flexible plastic. People sometimes call it rubber. It's not rubber, it's plastic. I actually did a, a video on TPU and how protective their cases are, and it's, it's drop resistant. So if you're going to drop your phone, which is the most common thing that's going to happen to your phone, then the TPU case should protect the screen or the uh, the phone from being damaged from a uh, side drop, back drop, and sometimes a face drop, but probably not. But yeah, got a, uh, a TPU case from my favorite case manufacturer, and I'm not getting paid for these ad reads. They're not ad reads. They're just casual endorsements. Cruiser Light. Cruiser Light is one of many TPU case manufacturers uh, on Amazon. Uh, they probably actually all order their product from the same Chinese manufacturers and then slap their brand on the product. But for Decalris, I'm sorry, for Cruiser Light, they did something different. They had these special cases, bug droid cases, which had Andy the Android, which is the Android mascot, uh, on the middle of the case with circuit patterns coming off of Andy in all directions. And they were beautiful cases. I've been using them for years and years. I love them. So Cruiser Light stopped making bug droid cases. So right now the cases they release are probably just the stock manufacturer, the whoever, whatever Chinese factory makes billions of TPU cases with their brand slapped on it. But I'm supporting them in hopes that the bug droid case will return. And in doing some research, I found out the reason the bug droid case went away is that they had a family tragedy. The family that owns Cruiser Light had a family, a horrible family tragedy, and they're just trying to get back on their feet. And so I will support in hopes that the bug droid cases return cruiser light. They're good cases. They're cut really well. The buttons are all very tight to the, the form of the case. It's good stuff. So all those three things are, are what I get when I get a new phone. Sometimes I'll buy an extra uh, fast charger, but in this case I actually have an extra fast charger from the last phone. So I'm good to go there, and I have a new phone. So the Pixel 3a XL is what is considered the mid-range but it doesn't feel like a mid-range device. It may be that the mid-range is so fast at this point because the technology is so, so mature that it doesn't make a difference. But uh, in day-to-day -day usage, this is, it's iPhone fast, which is the metric. Does your phone have smooth, consistent, fast performance over time? Yes, that is what iOS does. And now it's what Android does over the course of time. And who knows how, what the phone will feel like after years, but right now it's amazing. It's probably the best performing device I've ever had. Android has a RAM issue that's well known, but the RAM issue that, that uh, tech people talk about is the fact that after lots of apps are open in the background, Android will make those apps reload when you go to open them again because uh, it's out of memory functionally. But that's not the RAM issue I'm talking about. The RAM issue I'm talking about is one in which you have several apps open in the background and eventually the system runs out of memory and will not open those apps properly. So it's not that the app reloads, it's that it won't function properly until you clear out the memory. This is the first phone I've had where I could have 10 apps open in the background and they will still work properly. So I don't know if that's 
coding magic from Google, or Android's finally matured to the point, because this is Android 10, I actually updated the operating system when I got the phone, so it's the most recent version of Android. I don't know if Android's matured to the point, mm, pardon me, parched, has matured to the point where that's not an issue anymore, but the performance on this thing is wonderful. And it should be. It's using the Snapdragon 670, which is not a newer processor uh, in the Snapdragon mid-range. It's a, a Qualcomm chip, the, chip, the, Mac, the Snapdragon 670. Uh, Qualcomm makes most mobile processors, most ARM chips in the world, and uh, they have several ranges of chips. The 400 range is what goes into your crappy phones that you find at your carrier store that you can buy with the pocket change uh, that you have. And then the Snapdragon 600 range is a very power-efficient mid-range uh, chipset. And so what they do for these chips is that the performance of the CPU is probably about the same as last year's high-end Snapdragon, the 800 series, but the GPU is quite a bit smaller. It takes up a lot less space on the uh, system on a chip. And so the graphics performance is not quite the same, but these Snapdragon 600 series chips, these mid-range chips are made to be incredibly power efficient. And this is no different. The Pixel 3a XL rarely gets hot. In fact, I've never felt it get hot in use, which is not the same that I can say for any other phone. Actually, uh, even this iPhone 7, my work phone, gets hot when I play certain games. But for the uh, Pixel 3a XL, it rarely gets hot. Even when it's fast charging, it rarely gets hot. Now that's probably a combination of a super efficient chipset or system on a chip and the fact that it's polycarbonate, hard plastic. Plastic doesn't conduct heat the same way that glass or metal does. Uh, speaking of, whose idea was it to make all premium phones glass-backed? It's a stupid choice of material for something that you're using every day in that way. Just begging to be broken. Like, um, I know that it facilitates uh, wireless charging, but you could do that with a plastic back phone just as easily, and it wouldn't break as easily. Uh, that's, those are my two cents. So I, I think that glass-backed phones are beautiful. They are lovely, don't get me wrong, but it's a stupid, stupid material to use for your phone. Uh, actually, corporate fleet phones, where they use iPhones as their corporate fleet phones, um, since all iPhones have glass backs, I would not use it as my corporate fleet phone. I would use this, the Pixel 3a or the 3a XL, because the price is right. Uh, the security updates are constant and consistent because they get the Google phones, of course, get Google's security updates first. And uh, it costs 50 bucks to replace the screen. It costs like 300 or 400 bucks to replace the screen on an iPhone, and you, you can't do it yourself anymore. If you do do it yourself, you'll get a notice on the phone constantly that the screen is not an official Apple part. I think there's some silicon in the screen that uh, if you hypothetically use a third-party screen then your data could be stolen somehow or Apple's system could be compromised, whatever. But uh, yeah, and it's not easy to replace the screen on an Apple device anymore. It is super easy to replace the screen on this Pixel device. So that's, that's my two cents for corporate phones, but you know, that's kind of neither here nor there, but yes, this has been a tremendous experience. The performance has been tremendous. The battery life is crazy. Best battery life I've seen in any device I've ever used, and evidently it's probably the best battery life on the domestic market, except for the iPhone 11 uh, Pro Max, the big iPhone Pro Max. 
but that phone is $1,200 at its cheapest, where this is $480. So I think that's a good trade-off. I think the Pro Max actually might even have better battery life, but at base $1,200, who cares? Really, who, who cares? Camera, which is the main draw for this phone for a lot of people. This phone has a tremendous camera. Uh, my camera experience has been out of this world. It takes beautiful, just regular snaps, just point-and-click snaps. It takes really nice portrait mode shots, which I don't really care for. I don't really need to use portrait mode. I've played with it a little bit, and it's fun. And it does, it takes some cool-looking shots, but that's not my favorite. But it does some other things that are very cool. It has a super res zoom. So when you zoom in fully, the phone jitters the camera to uh, get more detail on that zoom shot. So you're not getting like a uh, true, like two times zoom situation where they have a physical camera that is actually a telephoto lens, but you might get, I don't know, one and a half times the resolute or the, the acuity uh, of a regular digital zoom because it does that super res zoom function. The real standout function of the camera is night mode. Well, it's it's the shots themselves. This point-and-snap, best point-and-snap camera on the market until a few weeks ago when the iPhone 11 dropped. But tonight mode is a wonder. So when you use a flash in a dark situation, it, it changes the color, the natural base colors of the situation. It kind of washes out the scene, changes the, uh, the gradation and the shading and stuff. But for night mode, and most phones have a night mode at this point, Night mode actually brings out the contrast in the scene and brightens up the scene without a flash, giving you a more natural looking scene. And night mode from the Pixel phones is amazing. It is incredible. It is, it's like magic. And actually, until a couple weeks ago, it was the best night mode offering that any phone manufacturer had. Now Apple has the best night mode, but I, like I said, it's a $480 night mode versus a $1,200 night mode. I will take the $480 night mode. It has some other functions, some uh, legacy functions I don't really care about, some um, AR stuff that do look really cool. I dropped Okoye in a uh, scene, a digital Okoye, computer graphics Okoye in a scene, and walked in a circle around her as she just inhabited the scene and it looks super cool and I wouldn't have thought that this mid-range chipset could support something like that but it looks great. There are some gains on this phone because as I said the graphics hardware is not the equal of more modern phones even though the CPU is. There are some games that don't run as well on this phone as they do on other devices but for me that's not a thing because that's not what I do on the phone. The gaming I do is through emulators that could have run on a five-year-old phone. Emulators for games that I, I have. They are archives of games that I have is what I'm going to say. But they run like butter on this phone. They would run on butter like butter on a phone that I had three or four years ago. So that's fine. It's actually all very magical. I'm loving this experience. Uh, the video camera is great. It's not as nice as even last year's iPhone's video camera as far as um, sharpness of a 4K scene. I did some direct comparisons and it's not quite as sharp, but it does still look good. There is an issue, and this is a hardware issue, uh, and this is true for all the Pixel phones, they have bad mics. The mics, the quality of the microphones are not great, but to balance that out, the native Pixel camera includes a function where you can attach an external microphone to the phone 
which is something I've been doing anyway, and that external microphone will be seen by the Pixel camera. You can use an external microphone as your primary microphone on the Pixel camera, so that kind of negates the crappy native mic. It's pretty sweet. Now the camera that I used to use for that, uh, open camera, on my other phone I would use open camera when I wanted to use an external microphone. Open camera has all the functions that the Pixel camera doesn't have. So the Pixel camera is a point-and-shoot camera. It doesn't give you a lot of manual controls over the camera. There's some exposure stuff and that's pretty much it. But open camera has all those, those quirky little pro photographer functions that I would never use because I'm not a pro photographer. But uh, yeah, so I have open camera as my backup camera if I want to put the camera on a tripod and, and play with settings. So yeah, the camera experience is good to go. It's second to none in its range and it's second to none in some more premium ranges too. The, the OnePlus that I mentioned earlier, their newest phone just came out, which is the 17, which is top of the line in every aspect at a very reasonable price but the camera still hasn't caught up with what the Pixel phones can do at this uh, lower end of the market. So yeah, I'm fully happy with this purchase. It's worked out quite nicely for me. I would recommend this phone to anybody, the Pixel 3a and the 3a XL. No waterproofing, I won't drop it in a toilet. Limited storage, I have Google Drive, so it hasn't been an issue up to this point. I have lots of things stored in the Google Drive, lots of media that I would use for video editing or audio editing is just in the Google Drive. A lot of things attached directly to Google Drive to see that stuff. It works out fine. So this has been a great experience all around. I can't actually poo-poo it in any aspect. The screen is beautiful. That uses a 1080p Samsung screen. Uh, Samsung makes the best phone screens, mobile screens in the world. AMOLED, so it has uh, infinite contrast and super saturated colors if you would like that. Um, it's a beautiful screen and it's large. It's a six inch screen, which is something that I wanted. It makes it great for reading books and such on my phone, which I was doing anyway, but it's way more comfortable to do it here. Uh, and with the stereo speakers, which sound wonderful. The top speaker is front firing, the bottom speaker is bottom firing, so you kind of have to cup it. But yeah, they sound really good. Uh, not as good as Apple speakers, but once again, 480 versus 1200, I'll take it. I think that covers uh, everything. Oh, the screen, it's, it's not as bright as some other screens are, which I haven't noticed as a problem, but it has been mentioned in several reviews. I don't see that as an issue. Uh, oh, one thing that I did want to talk about here is that one of the media outlets, uh, Macworld, or uh, one of the, the, the Apple fan sites compared this phone to the iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, which is a three-year-old phone, and they said that the, they would much rather have the iPhone 7 Plus, which is understandable if you're a fan of iOS, but comparatively, there's no comparison. That This phone, it's not just processing power. That's not the only thing that you have to look at when you're looking at, oh, this phone is new or this phone is older, this phone is more powerful, this phone isn't. Hold on, I don't know what's going on in the background here. Is it done? Oh, good. I'm actually updating my old phone in the background. I just wiped it and am uh, pulling down the applications back to it, so that's what all that noise is. But uh, So the iPhone 7 Plus is a fantastic device, and it does have uh, superior graphics capability uh, to this phone. But this phone has a more beautiful screen. This phone has way more powerful antennas. The headphones that I use on a daily basis, 
their uh, Bluetooth headphones. I use them every day. When I use them with my LG G6, they'd run out of battery life probably midday if I didn't charge them because of how strong and advanced the Bluetooth is on the LG, sorry, on the Pixel 3a XL. I can use the headphones all day and they are fantastic. Uh, I also have a headphone jack on this, which phones kind of dropped in the, in the high end. The phones dropped headphone jacks about two years ago. Screw them. But uh, yeah, that's wonderful. But yeah, the antennas are way more powerful. The NFC antenna on this device is incredibly powerful. On my old LG G6, when I went to make mobile payments, the NFC wouldn't kick in until the phone was maybe two inches away from the terminal, sometimes one. This phone, the NFC payment, or the NFC connection kicks in at about seven inches, and it holds, and it's strong, and it happens very quickly. Uh, the wireless, it probably has twice the wireless range of the iPhone 7 that I have for work here. Uh, probably uh, another third greater wireless range than my old LG G6. Another antenna, Bluetooth, NFC, wireless. Oh, uh, mobile data. It probably holds on to mobile data just a little bit better than... And the iPhones are not a fair comparison. They uh, don't have Qualcomm chipsets for their uh, antennas, so their antennas are usually just not as good. In fact, uh, after years of saying we don't need Qualcomm, Apple cut a deal with Qualcomm so they could use their uh, antenna technology because they were not keeping up with the competition. So it's, it's not really a fair comparison, but yeah, just a newer phone, newer stuff. And this phone will be supported with updates for three years, which will probably edge out the iPhone 7 by a year, because that will be supported for a long time, but not as, as long. There are iOS things like the fact that uh, iOS Twitter scrolls at 60 frames per second and Android Twitter doesn't. That's not a hardware issue, that's a coding issue on Twitter's side. If you use a third-party Twitter client, those scroll at 60 frames per second, no issue. So yes, there are iOS things, and iOS is still a more polished experience, uh, experience in some respects. Um, and it can almost do as much as Android at this point. It used to be that Android could just do more, and it still can do more, but it, it, it's all the way caught up. But there's no iOS versus Android competition at this point in my eyes. Once Apple released a line of phones where they, they covered a wider gamut of cost, I was all good with Apple. And the fact that they support their devices with updates for so long, I have no problem with Apple. I'm an Android fan because it still does more stuff, and I came up with it so I know how to do that stuff. You can still use an Android device as a, a loan as your primary PC or your primary computing device. You can't quite do that with iOS. It's getting there. And I think iPad OS, which is finally bifurcated from iOS is is closer than it ever has been but Android still has things that it can do that iOS just can't do usually file management stuff um, I could download a an archive file and unzip it on Android I can't do that on iOS I can't download a file type that iOS can't do anything with can't unzip it can't really manage the file system directly although there are workarounds that iOS has now, but that's not what this is about. This is about seeing the virtues of Pixel 3a XL. Very little in the mid-range in the US. The world has lots of mid-range phones, and some of those mid-range phones are fantastic, like the uh, Samsung Galaxy A70, in the same ballpark as the Pixel 3a XL, and probably a little bit better on the hardware side, but we don't have that here in the States. So 
I think the mid-range is fantastic and there's a fantastic representative of the ear, the Pixel 3a line. Uh, and act, after, evidently their performance, uh, for whatever reason, maybe Google had more time to, uh, to pin that down, but the performance for regular daily stuff is better than it is on the regular Pixel 3 line, which is a three times more powerful device in, in some respects. But now I'm ranting, and you know I like this device, and that's, I guess that's all I wanted to say. I'm, I'm fully satisfied, uh, fully happy with my experience here. I would fully recommend this device for $480 or, what is it, 20 bucks a month, whatever it is on the carrier. Uh, and actually, you can get it directly from Google. Google does financing for their devices, 20 bucks a month, or 17 bucks a month for the Pixel uh, 3a. So yeah, that's it. And maybe at some point I can talk about my new car too, although I'm not a car guy, so I don't care so much. It's a conveyance, and I've been completely happy with it. I won't tell you what it is because it doesn't matter, but yes, I have a new car and I like it too. So anyway, uh, if you want to talk about phones, uh, mobile technology, uh, chipsets, system on a chips, you can hit me up on Twitter at JankyOldBrokeHoboSpiderMan at JonathanBlade. Uh, you can hit up my YouTube channel, JonathanBlade1, or you can find me on Anchor or any of your favorite podcatchers at my handle is JonathanBlade. Thanks for listening.